0: real noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This view of the Alps is magnificent. Wow, I've never felt this free before. (sighs) Huh? Hang on. Are those meowing sounds that I'm hearing? I followed the sounds to the raging river nearby. And there, stuck on a rock in the middle of it, was a terrified cat! Oh no, poor baby, I've got to help it! I quickly grabbed onto the nearby tree, then leaned out towards the rock with an opened umbrella on the other hand for the cat to jump onto. The cat hesitated for a bit, before making the leap, but it's heavier than I expected! I lost my balance and tumbled into the river! I grabbed the cat just in time, but the strong current made it impossible to float. In a panic, I screamed for help, but the waves lapped over me, and gulps of water filled my mouth, and just like that, I felt my surroundings darken. Ugh, what was this wet, scratchy thing rubbing on my face? I opened my eyes to see that cat sitting on me. Thank goodness it was okay, but where am I? This seemed like some kind of rustic cottage house? Suddenly, a man walked into the room with a food tray. Who are you? Relax, I'm the one who jumped into the river to rescue you both. Turns out he happened to pass by the river while we were swallowed by the current, and he didn't hesitate to jump in to save us, then brought us back to his home. Oh, um, thank you. For everything. Sure. Here, eat up. So, how come you and Topaz fell into the waterway? Who? Oh, you mean the cat? How come you know his name? It says it right here. See? I'm guessing this is not your cat, then. I told him how I accidentally found Topaz, so its family must live around here somewhere. Hearing this, he agreed to help me find Topaz's owner the next day. He even gave me his bed for the night, then walked out saying he'd sleep on the couch. But as a guest, I couldn't let him do that, so I just grabbed the blanket and went to sit next to him. You have a cool tattoo there. Kind of looks like a mini Mars, right? Nah, it's my birthmark, the only thing my parents left me. Hans then told me that he grew up not having a clue who his parents were or why they abandoned him. At 18, he moved out of his foster home and came here to become an herbalist. <sighs> I felt so bad for him, and in a way, I could relate. Being alone is difficult, but having both mom and dad won't guarantee your happiness. I was born into a well-off family with both of my parents, But the thing was, they only got together due to an arranged marriage, and they have resented each other ever since. My house always felt so cold and empty, and I hated staying there. So, as soon as I graduated high school, I took a gap year to travel the world. Actually, Switzerland is my first stop. Gotta say, it's nice to have someone to talk to like this. I guess Hans felt the same way by this look he gave me. He seemed very touched. The next morning we took Topaz to the town to ask around. Turned out, today was their annual festival, so a horde of people crammed along the street to celebrate and watch the parade. Hans held my hand so I didn't get lost, but somehow the crowd still pulled me away and I ended up stuck among these sweaty people. Suddenly, a hand grabbed mine and led me out of there. Phew, thank God, I couldn't breathe in there. And you know what? A super handsome, stylish guy was standing in front of me are you okay? That's when I noticed the tail of my shirt was ripped. Freaked out, I tried to cover it up, so he took out a silk scarf and tied it around my waist. For a second there, I froze to the spot, so amazed by his thoughtfulness. Just at that moment, my phone buzzed with a call from Hans. He told me to meet him at the fountain. Um, slight problem? I had no idea where that was. Well, lucky me. This gallant guy offered to take me there. We talked along the way, and I found out his name's Willard. He lives in a nearby town and was here for the festival. I told him I came to find the owner of the lost cat I'd found. Then, when I showed him the picture of Topaz, he couldn't hide his shock. Are you sure this is the cat you found? I nodded. He stayed silent for a while, then said, I might know its owner, but I gotta go now. Bring the cat to meet me there. Fay, it was nice meeting you. Then he bowed down to kiss the back of my hand before he left. How sweet. I watched as he disappeared into the crowd. Thanks to Topaz, I got the chance to meet him again. Uh, why are you making that funny face? I told him about my encounter with Willard and convinced him to come with me to the address on the handkerchief. He seemed skeptical at first, but then gave in. I mean, other than this, we had no clue. It was worth a shot, right? The next day, we went to the place Willard told us, but... Seriously? Is this right? Why were there a line of people all holding near-on identical cats to Topaz? They even had the same collar as him. What is going on? I walked over to ask an old man sitting on a bench. He told me the millionaire lady who lives here had lost her dearest cat, Topaz. People said his name was on the top of her inheritance list, and she promised to greatly reward anyone who safely returned him, so these frauds were trying to deceive the owner by bringing some Topaz lookalike here. But, Madame Primrose is no fool. Huh? Madame Primrose? The iconic designer and president of Wisteria Fashion Corp? That's right. Oh my god! I immediately dragged Hans to stand in the line. You see, my childhood dream was to become a fashion designer, and, of course, the one I admired the most was none other than Madame Primrose! Ah! One of the reasons I came to Switzerland was to find her and hopefully become her apprentice. And now look, what are the odds? Finally, it was our turn, but... I'm gonna have to stop you right there. All right, everyone, listen up. Madam Primrose won't accept any passes from now on as she's tired of your deceit. So disperse. What? We didn't just wait half a day here for nothing. Fine, I'll find another way to get in. We then walked around the mansion and found its side gate. Then, just when we were climbing over it, a maid caught us. But she didn't make a fuss out of it. Instead, she seemed a bit... flirty towards Hans. Ooh, I had an idea. There's our chance. You go and charm her. He seemed confused at first, but then got the point. Hey, I think you're really cute. Hans then tried his best at flirting, and as soon as she swooned, I asked her to help us return Topaz to his owner. The maid hesitated at first, but when we said that we didn't need to be repaid or anything, she agreed to let us in. We quickly split up to find Madame Primrose. I wandered the maze-like hallways. Then I suddenly bumped into someone. Mind your way! Wait, I don't know you. What are you doing here? I, uh, um... She's my new friend. Is there a problem? I'm sorry, young master. It was Willard. He came to rescue me again. Great to see you again, young master Willard. You live here? Why didn't you call me when you arrived? Did you bring the cat? Where is it? Give it to me right now. Willard, calm down. Topaz is safe. I just found out his owner is Madame Primrose and... I'm her grandson. Just give the cat to me now. His agitated behavior didn't seem right. I took a few steps back from him, refused to do what he said, then ran. You don't understand. Just at that moment, Hans and Madame Primrose appeared. There you are. Are you okay? He worriedly asked. But boy, all I could see right now was Madame Primrose! She approached me, held my hand, and repeatedly thanked me for risking my life to rescue Topaz. This was amazing, but... Hmm, but why did Willard just leave without saying anything? Madame Primrose invited us to stay for dinner that evening. Joining us were Willard and his mom, Agneta. Madame then told me how much Topaz meant to her. Twenty years ago, she lost her son, Mr. Alvarez, to a car accident. Then a year later, her grandson Leroy disappeared. Her grief was almost unbearable, but then she was gifted a cat, Topaz, and thanks to him she began to heal. I tried comforting her by saying she still had Willard, her other amazing grandson with an excellent fashion sense, inherited from his grandma, but to my surprise, Madame Primrose said Willard isn't her real grandson since Agneta is actually Mr. Alvarez's second wife and was a stepmom to the missing grandson Leroy and Willard was her son with her ex-husband. I could see Willard and his mom were feeling so uncomfortable. Willard must have felt so hurt as Madame Primrose never even thought of him as a family member. Then my train of thought was interrupted by Hans. Ugh, why didn't he just tell me to pass him the salt instead of sticking his right arm to my face like this? Suddenly, Agnetta gave him a mortified look and spilled wine all over the table. Mom, are you okay? She didn't reply, but just left. I could tell it was because she saw Hans's birthmark. What could this be? Has she no manners? She must be unwell. I'll go check on her. So I followed her to the garden gazebo. That's where I heard her talking to someone on the phone. You had one simple job. Take that pampered moggy miles away. Well, guess what? It came back. I gasped in shock, and right then, a hand covered my mouth. Shh, be quiet. Oh, but it gets worse. The stupid cat brought Leroy, the missing grandson, home. That's right. I saw that Mars birthmark with my own eyes. If Primrose finds out about this, we're done. You hear me? Wait, so Leroy, Madam Primrose's only grandchild, is actually Hans. And his stepmom was the one who secretly gave him away in the first place. Even worse, I was hearing the shocking news with her son. Willard, get it together. Do you know anything about her plan? I knew Mom was behind Topaz going missing. That's why I tried to take the cat away earlier, to keep him safe from her. But... but Leroy, too? That was just heartless. What should I do now? She's my mom, after all. I could see his pure and kind soul being tormented, and my heart ached for him. I know it must be hard, but you need to tell Madame Primrose the truth and make things right. That's a way to help your mom redeem herself, okay? He stared at me with those dreamy eyes of his, and I felt my heart turn to mush. But a phone call from Hans interrupted us. He was looking for me, saying we gotta go. Right, I had to tell him the truth. In a cab back to Hans's cottage, I told him everything, and he just burst out laughing, saying, (laughs) I'm Leroy, the heir of a millionaire. Oh, please. (laughs) I'm serious. You were brought to the foster home exactly 19 years ago, and you both have this one-of-a-kind birthmark. Okay, so what if I'm really her grandson? I don't even know her, and I'm definitely not rich kid material. You've been lonely your entire life. This is your chance to find the family you've always wanted. Hans was speechless. It seemed I'd hit his weak spot, and he finally agreed. We asked the driver to take us back to the mansion. But no one was awake at that hour except a gardener. He led us to a library deep into the mansion, brought out tea, and told us to wait. Just a few minutes later, Hans started coughing, and his face swelled up. Oh no, he must have been allergic to something in the tea! Panicked, I screamed for help, and the gardener came back and carried Hans to the car. But then, a hand muzzled me from behind, and everything went dark. I woke up with my head pounding and unable to move. As I tried to make sense of the situation, I realized I was tied to a chair, mouth taped, surrounded by some rusty, unsanitary medical tools. And on the other side of the room, Hans was unconscious and tied to a patient's bed. Standing next to him was Agnetta, and the gardener, and a guy in a blouse with some kinds of tools in his hand, about to do something to Hans's birthmark. I tried to scream and struggled to break free, but I couldn't move an inch. Right at that moment. Willard barged in. Stop this. Leave right now or I'll call the cops for your unlicensed business. And mom, I already know everything, so please, have some remorse. Agnetta looked so ashamed of herself. Willard, everything I did, I did it for you. Please understand. You saw how that old hag Primrose treated me. I was so miserable. Then your dad offered to help me. Dad? You mean Tim? How can he be my dad? Don't be such a wimp, son. I stayed
2: and worked here like a servant just to be close to you. We did all this so you can be the only heir. You deserve that. Now, finish it. I...
0: I can't, Tim. Get away from my mom, you dirtbag. You never cared about me. You only moved here to manipulate her to do your dirty work. A terrible person like you will never be my dad. Then I'll do it. As he was about to lay hands on Hans, suddenly there was a meowing sound, and Topaz appeared, followed by Madame Primrose. Step away from my grandson. You dared to live under my roof all this time and play foul tricks on my family? Take him away. Luckily, Hans came round, and he had a tearful reunion with his grandma. They finally had the closure they deserved. Hans decided to stay in the mansion with his long-lost family. He's even planted an herbal garden there for treating and healing people, as he always wished. Madam Primrose had finally found peace, as now she had both her beloved grandson and precious cat back. She also thought that maybe she'd been too strict on Agnetta, so she decided not to press any charges against her. Agnetta had also apologized, but she felt too full of shame to stay and decided to move out of the mansion. Willard followed his mom and helped her start a new life. What about Me? Well, I got the thing I've always dreamt of, to be Madame Primrose's apprentice. That's her gift to me for bringing both her cat and her grandson back. And, right now, I'm late for a date with a very special guy.
2: Can you guess who it is? So, here I am, practicing this tricky pose. I must not fall over. Rosie, straighten your back. Hang in there. You've got this. That's Bradley, my yoga instructor. Can you see that? There are more than a dozen people in this class, yet he only seems to encourage me. Did this mean he... liked me? I didn't need to look in a mirror to know my cheeks were lobster red right now. I'm Rosie, by the way. 18 years old. I'm still single. Not to brag, but I know I'm kind of pretty, friendly, and fun to be around. So it's easy to tell that many guys are into me. But why do none of them ever dare to confess their feelings to me? Hmm. What were they so afraid of? Take Bradley, for instance. He clearly liked me, but was too shy to admit it. It was so obvious as he kept deterring past my mat just so he could check out my position. Even my best friend Joseph noticed that. As every time Bradley approached, Joseph would have this cheeky smirk on and send me signals with his eyes. I already told him not to do that. After class, Joseph kept teasing me about it. He told me Bradley definitely had feelings for me and just needed one more push for leverage. Although I reluctantly told him to stop, he insisted on being the wingman by texting Bradley about me. Bradley, why don't you ask Rosie out? You two look really cute together. Come on, you know that wouldn't work. Huh? (laughs) Why not? Because, Joseph, it's you I'm crazy about. I was not okay. What was the problem with all the men around me? Why didn't they like me? I couldn't go on like this. I must have a boyfriend. And I was dead serious about it. So after researching online, I found a dating coach to save me from my tragic single situation. So Martin, my coach, is super handsome, has a six-pack, and his business is a big hit. He's helped hundreds of sad single people find love. Flashy enough to trust, isn't it? Still, I was quite nervous when I met him. You know, the feeling that a therapist would judge you before treating you. But actually, he was reassuring, very open, and didn't ask too many questions. Let's just be open about this, all right? Manipulating someone into dating you is not the foundation to a healthy relationship. But don't worry, as I have the secret. Day one. And according to Martin, I needed to learn how to approach new people. I'm pretty shy, so taking the initiative was hard for me. But Martin taught me a trick. When I see a cute guy, I need to approach him within three seconds. This way my brain wouldn't have time to think, analyze, then talk myself out of it, and end up missing my chance. Okay, a hot guy was there staring at his phone. I must not overthink. One, two, three, go. Hi! Hi. Um, so I just saw you, and I think you're really hot. I'm here to say hi. Thanks for thinking my boyfriend's hot, but he's taken. I panicked then rushed back to Martin and spluttered out, I, I, I can't. Hey, that was a success. You're just training your mind and body to take action.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you.
2: Go ahead. No way. Should we move to the next step? And this was the next step. I just needed to start a conversation in this place where everyone was in a mood to have a chat. It's simple, Rosie. Put yourself in a talkative mood. Go over to them and give them a compliment. But make sure it's genuine, else it won't count, okay? Got it. I spotted a man sitting alone, so I walked over to him. Hey, I like your... ring. O-M-G... Was that a wedding ring? <laughs> don't don't worry. I'm single. And is it that hard to think of something to compliment me on? <laughs> and um you are smarter than you look. And yep, he left. Oh what kind of compliment was that? Martin sat in a corner and watched me go from guy to guy and stutter out a string of terrible compliments. You did great, Rosie. Don't be discouraged. Now, when you actually see someone you like, you'll be more natural. Martin said that body language is a crucial part of keeping the conversation going. So, the plan was to practice this at Joseph's birthday party. This time, Martin couldn't be there in person, but we still stayed in touch via my Bluetooth earphone so he could guide me. The mission today was to initiate physical contact with someone and make them feel close to me. Anyone who knows me knows that I am not good with these things so I kept giving them this weird slap on the back. Hey, I heard an ouch. Are you hitting them? I said just a light tap. I don't think I can do this. I'm too shy. And now guys are giving me weird looks. Martin said this time I should make the boys take the initiative, and then things would come more naturally. Okay, I'll give it one last try. This boy I like, Nathan, is over by the pool, but he's in a group. Nothing to worry about. You'll make him come to you. Now listen and follow. I walked over to the bar and made sure I was in Nathan's eyesight, sat as naturally as possible, made eye contact with him, and smiled. Oh, Martin, this is stupid. He doesn't even know me. Just wait. OMG. He's waving at me. Should I come now? No, no, no. Wave him over. Okay. You should take responsibility for this, Martin. I waved Nathan over. Then, to my surprise, he got up and started walking toward me. OMG, help, what should I do? Give a no-tooth smile, then say, I just want to say hi. What? That was all? But he was coming closer and I had no choice. I just want to say hi. And I want to have your phone number, cutie. I couldn't believe it. That was a real success. We texted the whole night. We got on so well. He was clearly flirting with me. This is crazy. But then two weeks passed by, and I didn't hear from him at all. I kept on looking at my phone, expecting Nathan to call, but he never did. So I immediately rang my coach for help. Ready for the bad news? So, that means he doesn't like you. A busy man like Napoleon could still write thousands of romantic love letters to his Josephine. If he was into you... He'd always find a way. And I also think he doesn't seem like a good type to date. What? Nathan is such a sweet guy. Maybe he's just super busy? But then Christmas came, and I couldn't wait any longer. I mustered up the courage to ask Nathan out. But guess what? He invited me to his house to enjoy Christmas with his family instead. Oh, wow. He wanted to introduce me to his family. This was massive. It meant he really took our relationship seriously, didn't he? But when we got to Nathan's place, to my surprise, it was just a small apartment and definitely not big enough for a whole family. Seeing my confused look, Nathan said his family must have changed their plans and went out, which was for the better as the two of us would have more time together. Suddenly, I saw a shadow of a girl in a red dress in his bedroom. Then Nathan immediately pulled me away and said, Uh, um, that's my maid. How annoying. So, do you want to go to the hotel so we can have more time alone? Really? Did he think I was born yesterday? I refused immediately, and Nathan began to change his attitude. (laughs) Okay, but I can't drive you home. I have something urgent. But don't worry, I'll take you to the nearby bus stop. I have never felt so stupid. Martin was right. Nathan wasn't serious about me. He just wanted to use me. But what went wrong? I did everything I could, but I kept failing again and again. No one liked me. I called Martin in tears, and he ended up driving there to pick me up, right on Christmas Eve. I felt like the most tragic person ever. Martin was so patient. He turned the radio on so loud and didn't say anything until I finished crying and calmed down. Misread the signals again, huh? How could I have known? Well, I'm not saying this to make money off you, but looking at the current situation, I think you need to hire me for longer than you think. My love life may have sucked, but at least I had Martin. Here's my hope. He was the best coach ever, as he didn't mind answering my questions, and he always picked up the phone whether it was office hours or midnight. Then one night I was out with my friends. I drank a few too many wines and phoned Martin up and slurred out a load of drunken nonsense. He immediately came to pick me up and drove me home, saying that he needed to make sure I got home safely. He was such a sweet guy. I felt something, but then reassured myself that he was just being nice. But Joseph insisted that Martin was only acting this way because he liked me. Seeing everything he did, and you still have to wonder about his feelings? Dummy. Believe me, I'm not wrong this time. Mr. Sixpack is crazy about you. Congrats. Hmm. Thinking about it, it did make sense. So I started stalking my coach on social media and daydreaming about him then taking Martin's own advice that I needed to make my feelings known. So, on Valentine's night, I myself made this box of chocolates and took them round to his. I took a deep breath, then rang the doorbell. But then, standing at the door, was him holding hands with another girl. I awkwardly said, Don't... don't you like me? I mean, you taught me that when a guy likes a girl... He'll always be there for her. You picked me up in the middle of the night, and you always listened and comforted me when I was sad. You even brought me hot tea when my Aunt Flo came to visit. Doesn't everything match up? Rosie, I was just being nice. Sorry, but you've confused the signs. Again. I was totally dumbfounded. I couldn't face the thought of seeing Martin ever again, so I blocked him from my life. In the following days... I was under a variety of emotional states, from extreme stress, heartbreak, embarrassment, then disappointment because of my extra delusion. I struggled with insomnia almost every night and tried to bury my feelings by binge-eating junk food. Just two weeks later, I looked at myself in the mirror. There were dark circles under my eyes, my skin was dry and flaky, and I felt bloated and sluggish most of the time. Seeing myself like that reminded me of something Martin had said. How can you expect someone else to love you if you don't love yourself? I knew I needed to change, so I started eating more healthily, working out, and finding me time. And you know what? It worked. Now I can finally say that I see my own worth, and I'll never allow a man to treat me badly ever again. And if that means I stay single for a while, then that's the way it'll be. I guess I kinda owe Martin a lot. I mean, he did teach me loads. And now, even though I'm still single... I'm enjoying it. There are way more important things than having a boyfriend, right? But wait, was this barista winking at me? OMG, there's a post-it with his number on my coffee cup. What should I do? Hey, dating a coffee guy is risky business. Why, coach? Imagine one day, your relationship turns bad, and you desire a cup of coffee to ease your heart out, but you also have to see him here. Awkward, huh? Indeed, a pro. But so, why are you making this awkward convo? Rosie, I may be a love coach, but even I get it wrong sometimes. When it comes to my heart, all theories are nonsense. Please, you show me how to love naturally. Um, well, as you can see, I'm dating my dating coach. But now, our love doesn't apply to any cliches. Instead, we just do us, and we're both happier than ever. If you're in a dating slump, then don't worry. Just let love happen when it happens, and follow your
1: heart. I walked into school, with whispers following me, but is it just me, or did the crowd seem even more chatty today? I nervously walked up to my locker and, oh my god, splattered across it was the stamp, Teenage Karen in spray paint! I shivered from embarrassment. Surrounded by giggles and gawping faces, I ran straight into the bathroom and shut myself in a cubicle to calm down. You might be wondering, how did I get here? I don't sound like those unreasonable, cocky people that usually grow into Karens, right? Because I'm not one of them. However, I realize how my actions could have caused this situation. I was adopted into one of those wealthy families who pressured their children to grow successful and flawless. As a result, I have never got any lower grade than an A or lost a competition. I was that perfect child that was too scared to fail. Because nobody had ever taught her how failures work. But then one day, everything changed. One casual school day, I walked into the literature class and saw an unknown boy already occupying my desk. All the girls were giving him dreamy looks. Hey! I tapped on his shoulder. Is this your seat? Yes. Oh, sorry. I didn't know. He then moved to another desk. I forced a polite smile and took my seat. Then our literature teacher announced that we would have a little test today, not affecting our grades. Being the teacher's pet around here, I could tell this was because she wanted to test Austin, that new boy. Okay, fine by me. Another A-plus to add to my collection. But only, I somehow couldn't concentrate. I looked out of the window, trying to find some writing inspiration, but that new guy was blocking my view. Okay, to be fair, he looks pretty cute. Without realizing it, I started staring at him. Then suddenly, he turned to me. We made eye contact, which startled me. Oh gosh, wake up, Catherine. You have a test to finish. I tried to focus on my essay again, but I kept having this feeling of him looking at me. Jesus, I hope he didn't get the wrong idea. I'm not like those girls who only go to school to check out cute boys. Time's up. I nervously turned in my paper, as I knew I was distracted and didn't deliver my best. But never mind, nobody could beat me, even on my worst days. Well, not this time. The following day, the teacher handed me back my work and whispered, I don't know what happened, but it's okay. Don't worry. Huh? I quickly took the paper and... B minus? Okay, I knew I couldn't get an A plus with this one, but... Not even a normal A? I've never had a B before! The disappointed faces of my parents popped up in my mind. What if they wouldn't want me anymore? They adopted me gave me this luxurious, perfect life. And this is how I thanked them? I started to panic and looked around to find the teacher. I needed to clear this up. And that's when I caught a glimpse of Austin's paper. An A? No way! I slammed it on the table and stood up. I protest this grade. There must have been some mistake. Can you please look over my essay? Oh, don't worry. This isn't an official test, so it's fine. No, it's not fine. How can I possibly be worse than this new kid? You have to reconsider it or I'll take it to the principal. Kate, you're being unreasonable. Sit down or I'll take you to the principal. I took a deep breath and calmed myself while sitting down. There were whispers about me circulating the class, but I couldn't care less as I had this B-minus to deal with. My parents could never know about this. After this, I knew my friends were just pretending to be okay with me. As one time, when we had to team up for the relay running in PE class, no one picked me. In the end, Coach Malone had to add me to a group. And guess what? It's the group of Austin and his fangirls. I hate this. And look at him. Such a thorn in my eye. I wish I could just throw this baton at his annoying face. But, thud, I fell face down just inches away from Austin. Are you okay? Just take the dumb baton and go. Ugh, this dude is definitely bad luck. I crawled up, then suddenly I heard giggles. It was a group standing by the track lanes with their phones up. Were they laughing at me? I stormed over to them with my hands up to cover their cameras. What's so funny? Do you have any common courtesy? Um, chill out. It's not- Has no one taught you to help others in need? Not record them and laugh over it? No, listen. Funny story. We actually- So you still think it's funny? Delete that video right now! No, you can't. Just- Just hear us out! But that only made me madder and yank on the phone even harder. Then, oops, the phone went flying and hit the hard concrete ground. Oh no, I didn't mean to. The boy whose phone it was freaked out and ran over to pick it up. Look what you've done! Who would ever want to film you? We were just making a performance video for the cheerleading team. Through the cracked screen of his phone, I saw a video of the cheerleaders practicing on the field on the other side of the track lanes. Oh no. This was so embarrassing! I quickly asked for the guy's contact and promised I'll make up for his broken phone, then ran back to my class. I felt exhausted. It's like the whole world was against me. But at least there was always one thing that could use my soul. Yes, it's my books. That's why, whenever I feel drained, I'd go to the school library to relax. So, like every other time, I made my way there, but... I think I'd forgotten my library card. Oh well, no big deal, as the librarian, Mrs. Flenderson, is basically family to me at this rate. She doesn't even ask for my card anymore. Hi, Mrs. Flenderson, I said as I passed by the librarian's desk. But then I was taken aback by some unfamiliar voice. Um, where are you going? Card, please. It turned out Mrs. Flenderson was out of the office. And there's this freshman who volunteered to fill in. I asked her nicely to let me in, but she kept on saying no while chewing on her gum, which drove me crazy. Ugh. Listen, do you know who I am? I don't need some dumb card to get in here. Yeah, yeah, but not on my watch. Look, half of these books are from my family's donation. You should be showing some more respect, kiddo. Your snobby opinions won't work with me. Here, we attend the same school, so we're all equal and rules are rules. Let me speak to your supervisor. Call Mrs. Flenderson. You're such a Karen. I froze upon hearing that word. That was the first time I'd been called by that nickname, and only then I realized how much of a fuss I'd been making here. But it's just that I was already in such a terrible mood. All I wanted was to just go to my safe place, and that too was impossible now. I then quickly composed myself and walked away. But to my dismay, some passerby had been watching me throw a tantrum since God knows when. And yep, Austin was there too. Why would I be surprised anymore? My stories at the running track, also at the library, soon spread around the school like wildfire. People didn't try to hide the fact that they were avoiding me anymore and started calling me Karen. So... Obviously, this one time when we had to pair up in literature class for the midterm essay, I was left alone again. At least, that's what I thought, until Austin leaned over and asked me to be his partner. Though I hated his guts, I cannot fail his test. So, yeah, I've agreed. We met up later that day at his house. I was enthusiastically showing him some of the book options for our essay's topic, but he was totally unbothered, scrolling through his phone. Yeah, yeah, whichever you like. He'll be taking care of all this anyway. What do you mean? Look, I only paired up with you because you're so good at this. So please just do your thing. Whatever. I don't care. I hate these. You don't like literature? But last time you scored an A. Oh, that? Don't be too bitter, as I just copied your work and changed it around a bit so technically it's Yurei too. Yay, congrats! What? So, all of the stress I had to bear these past few weeks turned out was just because he cheated? Ugh, I was so angry! Feeling on an emotional overload, I burst out crying, which got Austin flustered. Hey, what's wrong? Calm down. Don't cry, I'm sorry. Please stop crying. Then, through tears, I started telling him about all the pressure I have to bear from my parents' expectations, and about all the care and mishaps I've gotten caught up with lately at school. At one point, Austin apologized to me, as he realized this all originated from the act of him copying my essay. That night, we didn't get anything done for the essay, but we just sat down and talked. After such an oversharing session, Austin and I naturally got closer to each other. In fact... He became the only friend I had at school. It's nice to have a friend again, but it's still hard when your reputation at school was totally ruined and everyone knew you as teenage Karen. Especially when I had a big speech contest coming up. I hadn't been in the right mind to study, so I barely had anything prepared for the competition. I kept imagining my parents' disappointed faces when I didn't win first place. The night before the contest, I was so stressed out that I had to pour it all out into my diary, in hope that I would feel lighter and ready for the big day. Then suddenly my phone rang. It was Austin. Hey. Good luck tomorrow, Kate. See you there. Thanks. I don't know anymore. Are you still stressed over it? If you're this worn out because of it, then I know a cure. What is it? Just quit. It's just some contest. And you don't have to come first in everything. We're all just human, after all. You're crazy. (laughs) Okay, I'll get some sleep now. See you tomorrow. But my mind was too cluttered with thoughts and worries to sleep. The next morning, I arrived in front of the competition venue, but hesitated to go inside. Then suddenly, I found myself running away from that building while phoning Austin. Meet me at the park, Westgate. Ten minutes later, he arrived in his car. I hopped in the front seat then said, Let's go to the theme park. I want to have fun. Austin looked at me, stunned, but then he smiled and drove off without a question. Yep, just like that. I dropped out of the contest and turned off my phone to just enjoy a day being a teenager. I went on all the scariest roller coaster rides, screaming my heart out, leaving all my worries behind. By dusk, I was 100% ready for my parents' tantrum. They probably would disown me now, but I felt strangely calm. As Austin drove up to my house, I could see my mom pacing back and forth in the front yard. There she was, already waiting to punish me. Upon seeing me, mom ran straight over and gave me a hug. Oh my god, honey! Where have you been all day? We've been worried sick about you! Wait, what's going on? Why isn't she angry? Then Dad also ran over to us as soon as he spotted me, holding something in his hand. Sweetie, I'm so sorry for not knowing how much you've been through. We didn't realize our high expectations were putting so much pressure on you. We might have been too strict on you, but I want you to know that we'll always love you, no matter what. Oh, Dad was holding my diary. So, they know everything now. I cried tears of relief. It was so good to know they finally understood my feelings, and they even swore to change and try to listen to me more. That day, I realized that my parents loved me unconditionally, and whatever happened in my life, they would never give me up. What's up, teenage Karen? Um, yeah, my friends still call me Karen. But it's okay, as they only call me it in a jokey way, nothing mean or anything. I'm over everything that happened, and so is everyone else. It's all just memories now, but thanks to that Karen phase, I was reminded not to be so strict on myself, so I don't end up being a Karen to my own self again.